What's up, my friends? This is the Do Big Things Podcast. My name is Adam McRoberts. Who am I? I am just a knucklehead that likes to talk to really inspiring people, like my guest today. Um, today, we're talking to uh, Lauren Jones. Her Instagram handle is Lauren Runs for Grilled Cheese. <laughs> Come on. I mean, I'm sold right there. That's it. Uh, super cool conversation. She just finished the second place female at Cocodona 250. So uh, I just had to hear the story. I wanted to hear everything behind it. I wanted to hear how she got into running, um, how she trained for this thing, and you're going to hear it all coming up in just a second. Um, yes. Yeah, so who am I? That was the question. I'm, I, you know, I'm a, I'm a knucklehead. I'm an ultra runner. I've been running ultras for, I don't know, 10 or 12 years. Um, before that, I was doing Ironmans and martial arts and a bunch of stuff. Um, I've dabbled in, uh, you know, authoring a few books. Uh, I've been an artist. I've been, I've worn many hats in this life. And I'm not trying to talk myself up because believe me, I'm, I'm a flawed individual too. I've, I've had my struggles. I'm certainly not perfect. For me personally, I've struggled with alcohol, I've struggled with other substances, and eventually I raised my hand and got help, you know? Um, I, I reached out to, to, the, to the right people and, and got help for, for my issues. So, speaking of help, um, one of our sponsors for the show, uh, Bigger Than The Trail, which is uh, part of the BetterHelp Network. Bigger Than the Trail is a nonprofit that is advocating for mental health through the through trail running. And uh, if you are someone who's looking for therapy, check out Bigger Than the Trail because you just might be able to get three free months of therapy. In fact, I'm almost positive. You just get on. The quickest way to do it is bttt.run slash support. Get on there and... You can choose your therapist. It's through, like I said, it's through the BetterHelp Network. Um, find a therapist that works for you, male, female, um, whatever their background is, mental health, substance abuse, I don't know, whatever, whatever you guys need. They have it all. And you can get three free months. And it's just the coolest thing in the world. I absolutely love these guys. I love everything that they do. And I'm trying to spread the word. And spread the word yourselves. I mean, if you guys end up getting therapy, let me know. If you heard about it from me, I would love to hear about that. Or if you know someone that is in need of therapy, um, especially if they're a trail runner, reach out to them. Um, just drop them a message. Let them know. BTTT.run slash support. It's the place to do it. So get support. I always say you got to do the little things in order to do the big things. Like, there's no way you're going to run Cocodona 250 if your head's not in the right place. You got to take care of business before you can take care of business. You know what I'm saying? Um, what else? Let's see. Uh, I'm a business owner. I have this company called Big Things Crewing, and we support ultramarathon runners. I'm a USCA certified coach. Um, what else? We crew and pace people for their ultra marathons. We're based in Colorado, so that's where most of our work takes place. Colorado, Utah area. So if you're coming to a race out here and you don't know anyone who could pace you, 
look us up. We can come out. In fact, we're probably already going to be there. And uh, we can hire you a body for the day and uh, get you to the finish line. We love helping people achieve their, their dreams. It's, it's what we do. It's what we love to do. So, yes, that's it in a nutshell. Um, what other sponsors do we have? Stick around to the end of the show, and I'm going to get you discount codes on Athletic Brewing, Alter Ego Hats, and Exoskin, um, some of our biggest supporters. And remember, guys, by supporting these guys, you are also supporting this show. Speaking of support, um, we are on Patreon. If you guys... Um, would like to get on Patreon or you would like to drop a dollar in the hat. Maybe you like what you hear here. Um, I put, you know, a pretty good chunk of work into this thing. What are we on? Episode 132, I think. So that's 132 free episodes. Great content, tremendous athletes. And if you have the means and you want to drop a dollar or $5 or $20 in the hat, man, I would appreciate it more than you guys can imagine. It goes a long, long way. Speaking of which, shout out to Maggie Feldborg, Jason Henry, the 10 Junk Miles podcast, Dale Hawkins, Scott Myers, and Beth Chambers. Without you guys, you wouldn't be here right now. You wouldn't be listening to this. You'd be listening to some other podcast. Um, you'd be listening to Joe Rogan or uh, yeah, one of, one of the other podcasts. I don't know. Um, listen, guys. This is a great conversation. I enjoyed every minute of it. The sound quality isn't great. Zoom has been really letting me down lately. (laughs) Honestly, it's probably more my Wi-Fi connection that I have to get figured out. So I apologize for that up front. Um, But I love this conversation, and I know you're going to love it too. And Cocodona 250 is one of the hottest ultras out there right now. Everybody's paying attention to this race. Everybody's watching the live streams. Everybody's paying attention to who's winning this thing. And uh, the winner, Annie Hughes, has been on this podcast twice before. Um, Last year's winner, Michael Bierstig, was on this podcast. He was one of my biggest episodes. Um, It was a tremendous episode. We learned a lot about a guy that doesn't like to do a lot of interviews. So I was fortunate to have him on the show. And this year, I wanted to dig into second place female. Uh, She seemed like an interesting person. And... I love interesting people. And uh, so, yeah, like I said, great conversation. Hang in there. Uh, We're going to get to it in just a second. I got an ad, and um, then it's coming up right after that. So um, I'm going to check back in with you guys at the end of the show. Thank you so much for being here. Shoot me a message. Tell me what's up. Tell me you like this episode, hated this episode. Shoot Lauren a message. Let her know what you thought of it. I'm sure she would appreciate it. And uh, remember, guys, life is short. Do big things, baby. Yeah. This is the Do Big Things Podcast, where we want to inspire you to do big things. This podcast is brought to you by Big Things Crewing, a service for ultra runners from beginner to elite. Not only can we get you trained up, but we can also crew you into the finish line. Find us at big-things-crewing.com. Now, here is your host, Adam McRoberts.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, Lauren. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. Um, so you just did Coca Dona 250, and it is the Monday after the race, and you were already back at work today. Is that right? That's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and what do you do for work? Uh, I'm a nurse anesthetist. Uh, say that three times fast, but uh, I do anesthesia for kiddos. Ah, okay. Okay. Um, where are you calling from? geographically uh, Atlanta Georgia Georgia okay cool um well I can't wait to hear about the Cocodona story you were the second place female which is just uh unreal um I I, I don't know how you feel about it but it seems unreal to me um unreal. <laughs> yeah like how are you sort of dealing with this emotionally like so just just shortly after the race how are you doing uh, I'm still trying to process it all. It's, uh, I know the, the race started a week ago, but I, uh, just finished, I guess, four days ago. So it right. still seems like two days ago. I don't know time. It was like a weird time warp. Uh, yeah. I know how the world happened in between there. <laughs> but I certainly didn't anticipate, uh, finishing second or top 10 or anything like that. So didn't? no, wow. Uh, I mean, okay. I always, you always hope for something good, but there's so many talented people running that it's just hard to, hard to imagine actually finishing something like that. So well. Yeah. So. Yeah. So I briefly pulled up your ultra sign up right before this conversation. I didn't get a chance to really dig into it. Um, have you had a lot of success with races? It looks like you've got, you know, a handful of hundred milers on there. Have you been second place or anything like that in any of these races before or? Yeah, yeah, I have. I was just okay. actually, uh, I did the cold water rumble 100 in January. Uh, it was another air viper race that I used just to kind of kick off training for this Coco um, 250. And I got second place there as well. Actually second place to Annie Hughes. <laughs> oh, really? Is, yeah. Okay. Kind of cool. Um, Very cool. So second to Annie twice this year. It's been great. Yeah. That's cool. Um, um i've had annie on the show i think twice and she is fantastic did you did you were you able to share some miles with her or what did that look like we did not share any miles unfortunately she is fast and she took uh, right off um okay. i met her so i i we interacted a bit on social media after cold water and um so i went and i met her before the race uh before um coconut started and she was so lovely and kind and sweet and she was great so super pumped for her feel. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I really like her. And, uh, if I remember right, we talked a lot about ice cream when she was on the show, she really <laughs> liked her ice cream. <laughs> um, well, let's get into it. How did you find running? Like, how did you get into this crazy sport? Um, not really on purpose. My a friend of mine asked me to do a half marathon with her a long time ago. And I thought that was crazy. And I ended up doing it obviously and loved it and just never looked back. 
Um, and then not shortly, not too long after the half marathon, then I kind of, you know, was searching through other races and stumbled upon trail races and trail running in general. And then I did my first 50K and then I just never looked back. Like trail running was definitely, that was definitely my people and that was my thing for sure. And so I've been there ever since. I think that was 2015 maybe was my first ultra. Okay. Uh, okay. And how long ago was your first half marathon? Um, probably two, a year or two before that. Okay. Okay. So you didn't run in school or collegiately or anything like that? No, uh, I was on the track team in middle school, but I hated running. I actually did the high jump and I was terrible at it. Okay. <laughs> <the> worst. <laughs> no, I hated, I hated running. I hated track. I hated all that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> um, what were you into if you hated running back in those days? Um, I did a lot of ballet and tap uh-huh. and stuff. That's okay. Right. So dance. Yeah. Did you keep up with any of that stuff? Do you still uh, dance? Not really. High school. No. Okay. Okay. Um, did you grow up in Georgia? I did. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Still, it's a real redneck little town. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, I'm guessing you've run the cruel jewel. I have. Yeah. Okay. I've only done the 50. I haven't done the hundred. Oh, uh, okay. Okay. But, That's a cool race. I came down there for it one year. Oh, nice. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. Cool. Um, okay. So half marathon and then slowly started progressing into the ultras. Um, why, why running? Why did you choose running if you hated it back when you were in middle school? Uh, I think it, I honestly, I started doing a little bit because, uh, I didn't have a gym membership when I moved back to Atlanta after school. And, um, it was just easy and free to go run outside, mm-hmm. um, until I figured out all that stuff. And then, then I figured out that it actually felt kind of good and I actually enjoyed it. <laughs> and so I just kept it going. Nice. Uh, but I never, you know, I'd went to the gym and did stuff like that. Like tried to like stay in shape before, mm-hmm. but you never felt the same kind of feelings you do on a, on a long run or on a trail or anything like that. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I know I'm injured right now and haven't been able to run for a while. And, uh, I've been riding a bike a lot, like a lot, a lot, and it's just not quite the same. <laughs> yeah, like not, I love riding not, bikes, not. but it's not quite a run. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely quite a run. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so did you have any talent um from the beginning when you did your first half marathon or your first marathon? Were you running good times or um did it come tough for you? Uh no, it was it came pretty easily. Um I did uh, a marathon in Denver where my brother was living at the time. Oh. And that went really well and actually came really close to Boston qualifying time, like just willy-nilly. And so I was like, oh, maybe I could actually qualify for Boston. So I ran Chicago where my other brother was living and qualified there. And um, so that was my three marathons I've done is the Denver, Chicago, and then Boston. Oh, sweet. It came fairly easily. It felt, <laughs> you know, just kind of fun. <laughs> so. That's awesome. So I'm curious in, in the big scheme of things, of course, Times don't matter, but I'm curious, what was your first marathon time? Oh, uh, that's a good question. I think like 340 is 340. Okay. For your first one. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. Nice. Okay. And so was it three marathons and then progressed to the 50K? No, I did the two and then I signed up for the 50K. Okay. Did that, decided that's where my life was going to go 100 really? And really? then um, and I was dead set, totally on trails, didn't run roads anymore. I didn't train for road stuff. 
But then it came time to register for Boston that I, you know, had qualified for. And I was like, well, I should definitely run Boston. I'll probably never get a chance to do it again. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went back to run Boston after entering the ultra world. And I got a very rude awakening <laughs> when I was starving at like mile 18 of the Boston Marathon. And I was like, oh, it's okay. There's an aid station coming up. Totally forgot that road marathons don't have grilled cheeses and uh, potato chips stations. <laughs> I just had Gatorade and water and I was uh, regretting my decision hardly at that time. <laughs> <laughs> so that explains your Instagram uh, handle, Lauren runs for grilled cheese. I was going to ask about that. You <laughs> yeah. must be just a fan of grilled cheese or what's up there? <laughs> uh, it's really good. Actually, my fr- the first 50K that I did um, at the AIDS, it was just a looped course. And so you came back to the same aid station five times. And I reached for a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and the volunteer there like stopped me and was like, but wait, do you want these? And like uncovered this tray of fresh, hot grilled cheeses in this January. And I was like, yes, I do. I want a grilled cheese. Um, yeah. I just was like, what is this sport where you get to run and eat grilled cheeses? It's great. <laughs> Okay. So, and you said your first 50 K you also decided that that was the direction your life was going to go. So this must've been like a life changing come to Jesus moment. I mean, grilled cheeses, uh, <laughs> what was it? The grilled cheese sandwich or what, like specifically, like, what was it that you decided? Like, this is definitely the path I'm going to go down. Uh, just the whole experience, the people, the community, the scenery, everything was just so much more. I just felt so welcomed and mm. And it was just very inviting and uh, it just seemed like more my atmosphere, uh, a little more chill and laid back. Um, and I just appreciated that a lot more. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm just trying to picture this, like you hated running in middle school and then slowly started progressing as an adult from the half marathon to the marathon of the 50 K. Um, like what pulled you into this sport? Like, I know running's fun and you get a certain feeling afterwards, but I'm always curious, like, are people reading certain ultra marathon books, like certain literature? Are you watching certain movies? Did you have other influences or was it just solely going to these events and just having a blast? Yeah, I didn't read a ton of stuff or anything. I think it was more just uh, the challenge and achieving something. Um, and as you kind of go and go, you achieve more and more. And it, mm-hmm. I think that feeling of achievement was huge for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I still remember like exactly where I was when I first hit 10 miles on a run. <laughs> for the first time, I was like, double digits, you know. Nice. Um, yeah. And then every little, you know, like, like landmark after that is just kind of like a new achievement and a new thing that you've done. And mm-hmm. I don't know, I guess it's kind of addicting. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Setting those goals and just slowly knocking them off. Um, and I I mean, like I said, I'm just trying to picture this. Was that something you felt like you needed in life was to have these achievements and to sort of knock them off? Or was that something that you were missing? Or, I mean, I know that, yeah, just setting these goals and going out and doing them is a great feeling. So maybe that's the answer, but. I guess I was missing it, but I didn't know that I was missing it until I found it. Yeah. 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 So that wasn't something that you found like collegiately or with work or anything like that. You weren't able to find those awesome achievements and in, in the good feels. I think 
I did. And then uh, I had finished school and had kind of gotten to the end point of all of that stuff. And so I guess it was just the next, the next thing to achieve. <laughs> yeah, totally. Totally. Um, what was your first 50 K? Uh, it's called the guts fat ass 50 K. So it's just a super low key old school um, with the local trail running group here in Atlanta. Um, and they do it actually in the hometown where I grew up in Douglasville. Nice. Um, and it's just, you know, there's no entry fee. There's no prizes. There's no shirts. There's no nothing. You just come and run. Um, and that's it. And it just, it was just a cool feel. Um, just so different than any giant road race I'd ever been a part of. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you end up with like 20 best friends afterwards that yeah, you stay exactly. in contact with forever. Yeah. And there was grilled cheese. So right. <laughs> perfect. I'm in. <laughs> um, did you fall into the the scene like running with groups? Is there like a big scene where you live or a big group of ultra runners that train together regularly? Yeah, there's a ton actually here in Georgia. Um, and so you slowly, you know, it's kind of, I'm super shy. So it was like tough to like meet people and get into all those groups. But eventually, you know, you go on one run and you meet somebody and and they take you on a run, you meet some other people. And so you slowly infiltrate and kind of meet people. And then there's plenty of running events around here too. And so you slowly meet the whole family here. And then, then you end up just knowing everybody because it's still kind of a small world. Mm -hmm. uh, totally. Yeah, it's good. Actually, one of my, the first people I met on the trail, his name is John. And he uh, saw that I was out at the park where the 50K was training for it. And uh, we ran into each other a few weeks in a row out there just doing our long runs and ended up meeting and chatting. And he ended up being like the person that took me on my very first real mountain run up in North Georgia mountains. He took me on like my first night run in the mountains, mm. uh, all kinds of first kind of stuff like that. And he was actually at Cocodona this week. So that was really cool. No way. That's cool. Yeah. Wow. What's his name? John Molinar. John shout out John. Like, yeah. Sounds like he was important in your life in one way or another. Uh, yeah, he's awesome. Yeah, that's cool. Um, and then what was your first 50 miler? Uh, the Georgia Jewel, which oh. is another race here in Georgia, up in um, North Georgia on the Penhody Trail. Okay. Okay. And have you done Penhody 100? I have. Yep. Okay. Okay. So have you tackled like all the ultras in your neck of the woods? I'm guessing you have. Yeah, I think it so. Like ultra sign up had a bunch of Georgia races, it looked like. Um, how did the first 50 miler go? Was that uh I mean, I remember my first 50 miler was like, you know, I was training for it like I was going to war and it felt like I was in war, you know, it felt like a big deal at the time. It was a big deal at the time. Yeah. It was definitely a big deal. Uh it was really fun. We rode a so it was a point to point. So you ride a bus in the morning, like a big old school bus. And uh, I I rode in the back of the bus with a few other friends that I'd known, you know, throughout meeting everybody. And I was super nervous. And I was just trying to eat all the food I could possibly eat on the way so that I wouldn't be like starving and stuff while I was running. Uh, and they were talking me through it. It was great. And I started actually running with them. And we weren't going super fast or anything, kind of like just taking our time, making it through. And we got like five or six miles in and I felt great. I felt warmed up and I was like, just ready to go. So I like took off and just went and, um, 
had kind of a crazy day and I ended up in third place, third lady. Um, but I, and I didn't know that until I finished. I had no idea. Um, and so that was pretty, that was pretty cool. I had no idea. Wow. Like, I was just hoping to survive the day, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that was pretty cool. And so of course, like that kind of feeds the next thing. I was like, well, what else could I do? You know? Totally. Yeah. Um, and you mentioned, mentioned that you're kind of a shy person. Are you introverted in the sense that you like to run alone, like, like to run alone a lot, or do you like to run with groups or, um, you know, a lot of people look at running as a social thing and uh, other people look at it as this is my me time. This is where I go out and I'm kind of in my own head. It's definitely mostly my me time. I prefer to run alone. I have a few people that, uh, you know, it gets, you have to get kind of picky with uh, running because uh, it's a long time to spend with somebody and make sure you run the same paces and have the same goals for the day. Yeah. But, uh, I tend to run alone a lot. I have a couple people that I definitely run more often um, and go on some big adventures and stuff like that, like all day long, all night kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, but mostly by myself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Me too. No, I, I love running by myself. I mean, I love, I love racing as a way to socialize and run with people. And that's a total blast, be, but I like that, that because I run mostly by myself, you know, and I enjoy running by myself and yeah, it's, yeah. everybody's different. So that's what I was wondering. Yeah. Okay. Um, did you go right from the 50 mile to the hundred mile distance or was there a hundred K in between there? I never really did a hundred K. I did a couple of fifties um before jumping to the 100 but I didn't really stop at the there wasn't a whole lot of 100 k's around um okay. and so and from 50 I actually signed up for the first 100 by accident <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't really mean to like do my first 100 um it was like you know one of those nights where it was like New Year's Eve or something like that and I'd had a few drinks and I was just like playing around an ultra sign up and accidentally put myself in the lottery for a race and then Totally forgot about it. And uh, then when I got drawn for it, I was like, oh crap, I guess I'm running a hundred. <laughs> Which race was that? Uh Tahoe 100. Oh, Tahoe. Okay. I'm looking at your ultra sign up now. It looks like um after the Georgia Jewel, there was the Lookout Mountain 50 miler and a 42k, a 50k. Yeah. So I mean, you didn't just jump right in. You took your time and uh built up some experience. You did it the smart way. Okay, good. The, the H9 Dragon. I've never heard of that race. That was a 50 miler. Um, the Georgia dumb. Ju- I'm just <laughs> Did you say it was dumb? Yeah. It's uh, <laughs> okay. super hot. There's a lot of bushwhacking. It's like August in Georgia and it's just gnarly. Oh, shit. 17 hours for a 50 miler? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that sounds dumb. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, the Georgia jewel again, then a 30 K 36 miler. I mean, you've got a lot of races, but yeah, it looks like you definitely took your time getting to the hundred mile distance. Uh, I mean, and then Tahoe rim was your first hundred miler. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I'm just curious because, you know, some people get over ambitious and jump into that first hundred miler and end up walking 80 miles of it, <laughs> which yeah. is cool, cool in its own way, I guess. But um, tell me about your first hundred mile then. Um, and, and I, b- before we even get into that, like, tell me about your training as well for the first hundred mile. Uh, everything was just very willy nilly. I just, um, didn't really wear a watch. didn't really have anything structured. I just ran some miles and made sure I ran a long run every weekend. 
uh, I didn't really know what I was doing. So I was just like, I don't know. I guess I think it's just a run long. Like um, how long? Like 20 to 30 on okay. Saturday, usually. Yep. Um, and then I'd add a few, like I would run five to 10 miles on Sunday. And that was kind of, I don't know. I heard you're supposed to do back-to-back stuff. So that's what I tried to do something. Yeah. Um, so I didn't have any structure at all to my training, which I enjoyed. Um, but yeah, it was it was fun. It was actually really cool. I had, so I have a twin sister and I have two brothers that are younger and they all came out to Tahoe for the race Nice um, for my crew. And that was really cool um, to have them all there. And then my, one of my brothers, the middle brother actually ran uh, some of the race with me too. Ah. So it was cool. It was my first time staying up all night and running. It was like, you know, just a whole lot of things. It was really hot uh, in the daytime, like in the nineties. Um, just scorching in the sun and it was went up to high elevation and I major struggled in that race but I was like dead set on finishing um like napping on rocks and doing all kinds of stuff but I was definitely going to keep going no matter what oh yeah I like it yeah. yeah and it's even more special when you can have family and, and friends there people that you love that love you and everybody cares about each other they want to see your success and you you also feel like you have to finish because you don't want to let them down and yeah and then you finish and then yeah it just all comes together that's so good yeah I was like it was like one of my first my last like slowest hundred mile times and I was like nowhere near anything cool at all but I was like couldn't have been happier to have finished that race and was like so proud <laughs> that's cool looks like 32 hours yeah that must have been sort of a struggle fest for you <laughs> I mean respect Hopefully. I mean, don't get me wrong. 32 hours is still a finish, but, um, yeah, I have a feeling that you're probably a little faster than that. And cause it looks yeah. like your next hundred miler, which is that the same, yeah, the same year, really just a few months after was 27 hours. So you started shaving time off almost right away. Yeah, definitely. Nice. So you must've been hooked into this thing. Uh, one year after your first hundred miler, you did another one a few months later. Um, then it was just like no turning back. Right. Yeah, definitely. Um, I believe that I read somewhere, I don't know if it was on Instagram or where it was that you have a coach now. Um, when did, when did you go from no structure at all to hiring a coach and trying to put some more structure behind this? Um, it was like a year and a half ago. Okay. Um, I just decided to see like what, you know, I've been running and doing fairly well and just mm-hmm. decided to see like, well, I can, while I'm still like kind of young enough, uh, see what I can do, see what my potential is. And yeah. so it's been kind of cool. Okay. Um, do you know how many hundred milers you've done up to this point? Mm, it's eight or nine. I forget. Okay. And also I'm, I'm still just looking at your ultra sign up, but was this your first 200 plus mile race, Cocodona? It was. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I've done 280 miles before, but not as a race. Oh, what was that? Uh, I attempted to set the FKT on the Pinhoti Trail, the entire thing. Yeah, yeah. 350 miles. Um, Was doing well, but had some tendon issues and ended up having to stop at mile 280. Okay. Okay. But I learned a lot from my experience for sure, which I think definitely helped with Cocodona big time. I bet just, yeah, even 280 miles, just having that under your belt, um, you've been further than 250 miles. So it makes it a little bit easier mentally. Yeah, for sure. I knew I could do it. Um, okay. I knew that I 
went about it all wrong the first time. And so it, I was like totally revamped my entire approach and plan for it, um, which I think worked. <laughs> so like, what were some of the mistakes you made? You said like, if you did it wrong, like there must be a, something in particular. I think mostly was like my mindset going into it and what to expect and how to, what I thought it was going to be like. Um, I think there's no way to know what it feels like to run for days on end until you run for days on end. It's just kind of a bizarre thing um, to be running at night, like having run all day, running through the night, and know that you're still going to be running two nights from now. <laughs> it's really hard to like wrap your brain around it, right. uh, even when you're doing it. Yeah. Uh, and then just the expectations for sleep. I was originally like, oh yeah, I'll like, you know, kick out like 75 miles, sleep for four or five hours. It'll be great. And I'll do it again and again, but that's just like completely unrealistic and stupid. <laughs> and I didn't get that the first time. And so then the whole time you're like, my mind was just in a terrible place because I wasn't getting the sleep I wanted. I wasn't getting the miles I wanted. And I just, you know, I was just in a really bad place. And so this time it was like, no, like we're not going to approach it that way. You're going to sleep. Trying to schedule sleep is really hard because um, you can't tell when your body's going to be like ready to sleep. Mm-hmm. Like I would lay down because I was supposed to be sleeping, but couldn't fall asleep. Um, and so you're just wasting time. Yeah. Uh, so this time I had no scheduled sleep. I would just play to like play by ear and to see when I'm getting sleepy um, and just sleep when the body wanted to sleep. But okay. yeah. Well, that also makes it hard because that sounds like more trail naps rather than being able to crash in the back of a van or something. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Okay. I did a little bit of both. Um, I would wait. My first nap was like 20 minutes in the RV. Um, and that felt really good. Um, just to, just a quick little nap, close your eyes and kind of get back to it. Um, and then I did take some trail naps, like five minute trail naps that were also quite refreshing. Yeah. Um, did I see that you also, um, ran the Georgia Appalachian Trail and set an FKT there as well. I did, yeah. And that's a different trail, right? I'm not super familiar with your that area. Yeah, it's a different trail. So it is the the Appalachian Trail that goes from Georgia to Maine. Yep. Um, and so I did the Georgia section, which is about five miles from the North Carolina border down to Springer Mountain, which is the terminus. How many miles did you say? It's about seventy five. Seventy five. Okay. And so that must've been pretty fast if you set the FKT. Yeah, I, um, it was, I did it in just under 20 hours. Um, it has about 20,000 feet of gain, um, but it is the, the overall FKT for the Georgia okay. section. Oh, overall, nice, nice. Um, how did you approach that? Um, were you trying to get faster? Were you working on climbing, um, studying other people's splits? Like, how did that go down? Mainly working on climbing and just um, in speed um, and then trying to work on, I think I've saved a lot of time on like aid station transitions over the last year or so, um, just completely limiting stops and my time there. So it was just literally just a handoff of bottles and gels and then keep running. Okay. Um, and that just, you know, over time, that time adds up big time. Um yeah, just trying to work on climbing was the big thing for that section because there was so much climbing in that. Okay. Like how specifically did you work on your climbing? Did you do anything special or incorporated poles or like, how do you work on your climbing? I mean, I live in Colorado. I do a lot of it, but how do you specifically hone in on that? 
Uh, it was, I practiced on the actual route that I was doing a lot. Okay. I ran Got a bunch it. of long runs because it's, it's only an hour and a half, two hours from my house. Okay. Um, so it was really easy to get up there and practice on the actual course, um, which helps. And then I've incorporated a lot of um, like weight vest uh, strength training really? with lunges and squats and weight vest hikes and stuff like that, which I think just has helped my legs quite a bit. Really? So you didn't find that injured you? With the weight vest, that helped. No, I think it actually helped. All the little nagging injuries have really kind of gone away. I did that. Yeah. Okay. Nice. Um, I guess I'm curious how much weight you you were using. I mean, there's different levels of weight vests. <laughs> there is. It came with 60 pounds, but I can't lift that off the floor. <laughs> That's a um, lot. <laughs> I think it's 26 that's in there right now. 26. Okay. And yeah. Okay. Sweet. Well, I'm glad that worked out for you. That's awesome. I've tried it before, but I just felt like it just kind of, uh, I got a little bit busted up after a while, but I don't know, maybe I was using too much weight or not doing it right, but no, that's interesting. And lunges and squats at home with the weight vest. Is that what you said? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. Nice. All right. Um, and the overall, that's the overall FKT. That's pretty awesome. I had to have felt good. That's like a little cherry on top. Yeah. that one felt really good. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the first trails that I ever ran on, on trail runs and stuff. Um, and so it's just like super special. Cause these are like my home trails that I just go to all the time and it feels like that one felt really good. Yeah. Nice. And what did you have for support out there? Um, I had my crew, I had uh, my partner, Tim, and then one of our other friends was out there. Um, so just a tiny little crew. Okay. And, uh, you know, they did great. Did, I met sure. them every like 15 to 20 miles or so. Okay. And every, did, what did you say? Every 15 to 20 miles? Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So that's, yeah, that's pretty perfect. And you said it was quick, just hand off water bottles and keep going. Yeah. Nice. Um, okay. And I saw on your list, you have Leadville as well. And Leadville is probably my favorite race. I've done it a couple of times. Um, I got to hear about your experience there too. Uh, well, I DNF'd it the first time. Uh, uh I, I ran it in 2019. Uh, I had no idea what I was doing and this is pre-coach and pre-training and all that stuff. And I just, I didn't really study the course. I just like, I wasn't even really, I've been kind of distracted and hadn't really been training much at all or running much at all. Um, but I had gotten in. So I was like, well, I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to do it anyways. It'll be fine. What could possibly go wrong? You know, <laughs> I live at basically sea level. <laughs> right. so, no, let's just go to 12,000 feet. It'll be great. No problem. <laughs> um, so I was feeling fine for the first half of the race and then hope pass on the way back just absolutely crushed me. Mm. And I was just a shell of a human by the time I got back to Twin Lakes um I came in there and then uh, so I came into Twin Lakes just like seconds away from the cutoff mm-hmm. um and that was just like a new thing I had never raced cutoffs before like I didn't even know what the cutoffs were and so I'm running and I'm like I don't know what do I have to get there and I was just I was just a big teary mess um mentally completely broken I think physically I would have been fine to finish and I you know, I was only what 38 miles or whatever from the end. Mm. I definitely could have finished, but mentally I was totally broken. Mm. And, um, I left twin lakes and headed out, but I dropped at the next aid station. By choice, it was totally just me not being, uh, in the game that year. So for sure. Yeah. And how long before you came back and, uh, bettered that score? 
uh, I was supposed to come back in 2020, um, but of course the world fell apart and uh, they canceled the race. So I went back um, last year, 2021. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. Sweet. That was your time. Okay. And you got in, yeah, well under 30 hours. So, so um, like, you know, Jason cut off some, all that, all that noise. Oh, are you there? Did I lose you? It got cut out for a second there. I think you're back. Uh, oh, sorry about that. Okay. Can you hear me? Okay. Um, what did you do differently uh, your second time at Leadville? Um, I actually trained a little bit and ran before the race. <laughs> um, but I think that, that helps. Was, yeah, that helped. Um, I think that was mainly it. Just I actually started running again and uh, was a lot, lot more mentally prepared for it. And, uh, you know, at that point after DNF, I was bound and determined to finish. <laughs> so that helped. But just having studied the course and actually trained any okay. was okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. And was that before a coach or after a coach? Uh, that was second level. Yeah, I had a, I had, had a coach, right coach. In, and so then I was a lot more uh, trained and ready and ready to go. Yeah. Yep. I think I lost you again. Um, how has having a coach? Uh, no, shoot. Let me see here. Sorry about that. I will switch my Wi-Fi. Check. Are you there? Yes, I can hear you now. You still? Okay, okay. Sorry about that. It may be my fault. I apologize. Um, how did having a coach help you? Um, I had gone to like a bit of a lull with running and stuff just with some life changes that were all great and happy. I met my partner, Tim, and was just a little distracted with all that stuff. Um, and so it just got me more back into training and it helped, like held me accountable, essentially, which was, which was huge. Um, so they're all things, it's all good life stuff, but you know, you get distracted and you take time away from other stuff. But uh, yeah, then I had someone to, to answer to if I didn't go on a run. <laughs> and hopefully this will help there lauren are you there yes i can hear you, can you hear? okay <laughs> okay um so i caught part of that answer i apologize um um so your coach just helped keep you accountable and i didn't catch the rest of it i'm sorry oh it's okay yeah it was just i had gotten distracted in life with all good life changes um meeting my partner tim and doing all that stuff but um yeah but basically it was just someone to keep me accountable to running okay and does your coach have you doing strength training and running big miles or what does that look like strength training and big miles but um big miles that aren't too disruptive i actually had a coach a different coach previously and i have a newer coach now um and i think i just got a little burnt out um before running too many miles and just 
there's a lot to fit in with a full-time job and a family and all that stuff. And so now I feel like I'm at a level where it's sustainable, but like productive for what I try to do. Um, and I think I just feel happy and excited to go run, um, which is helpful. You know, the sport is so much of your mental game has to go into it. And so to be happy and excited is huge. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, totally. You have to have the right mindset and you're right. Life happens. Things get in the way. Um, I forgive me for not knowing this, but do you have children? Do you have kids? I have a 10 year old stepdaughter. Okay. Okay. So, so that's your family, your partner, you have a stepdaughter, so you're busy. You have a full-time job. Um, I'm guessing your nursing schedule is demanding. Most nurses work a lot of hours. Yeah. Um, do you work, uh, like four tens or how many, how many hours do you guys work like four twelves or something crazy? And it's always kind of weird. Uh, I work mostly hour shifts and then we do call shifts and stuff where we're in house overnight. Um, and so, uh, it's, it's pretty normal and fine. It's early mornings. Um, so, but luckily, like I usually out of the house by like 6am, um, but I usually get off around three, um, which is nice because it gives me the afternoon to get my run in before dinner time and all that stuff while homework's being done and work's being finished. Um, so it works out. It's just, you know, you gotta like, you go to work, you got to get your run in. If you don't get your run in right after work, it's not going to happen. Yeah. Um, so there's some discipline in there, but it, the schedule works out. So, yeah. Yeah. No, I know exactly what you mean. You get home from work and it's like, you got to keep moving. If I stop and sit down for a couple minutes, the run's not going to happen. got to keep this train of going. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, um, okay. So I think we're at Cocodona. I think we're up to this point in the story. Um, I'm curious, like what your training looked like for Cocodona. Um, I think that you, you thanked your coach and said you couldn't have done it without him or something like that in your IG post. So like, what was your weekly mileage and what did your yeah typical week look like training for Cocodona? Um, it was, so she had me running. Um, I think we maxed out at 75 or 80 miles uh, a week but only did that a couple of weeks. A lot of it was in the like 50 to 70 mile range for a week, um, which actually had me pretty nervous. Cause if you look at some of the other part of it more <laughs> than right. that, so okay. I was definitely feeling nervous, but I was also feeling really strong uh, when I was doing my runs and they were all very structured runs. Um, Cause we were trying to keep the mileage down to make it doable and fit in life without being too stressful. So they're all very structured runs. Every run had a purpose and uh, a workout to it or something to it. Um, and so I felt really strong on all my runs and I felt really happy and excited. I did a couple really big kind of monster runs with like two of my uh, running girlfriends that I would go with. And uh, they felt great. We like had a really great time. Um, and then I you know, worked in some of the strength training a couple of times a week. Um, I started doing core strength work, which I had never done in my life. <laughs> and so she had me doing some other things that I think made me a better, well, uh, well-rounded kind of runner okay. um, instead of just running miles. Um, and so it, it did help me feel really strong and good. I just, I definitely got a little nervous looking at other people's training and realizing that my miles were a lot less than theirs, <laughs> but yeah. Okay. Yeah. I can see that. Well, it paid off. It worked. Um, what were some of the specific workouts that you were doing with those runs of yours? 
some of them are just like runs. Uh, we do a run uh, for like five or six miles and you do a set of strides. Uh, so like a faster pace kind of a 30 to 45 second with a little rest in between and do that like 10 or 12 times. Mm. Um, some of them are just faster, bigger blocks, you know, five or six minutes at a time. And then like a little bit of a rest and then five or six minutes at a time, faster pace. Um, so it's just different combos of like easy running with faster leg turnover and stuff like that. Um, that was mainly it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And so did, were you using cold water rumble as sort of a training run? Yeah, I had um, taken a whole lot of time off um, from Leadville last year and hadn't done a ton since then. Um, and so I was using it to kind of kick off training for Cocodona. Um, came into it very cold and had only really started running a couple of weeks before that consistently. Uh, I ran probably, there was a few weeks that I had like five miles a week. Um, and then I had a couple of 15, 20 mile weeks. Um, and then I, I got a little more consistent leading up to cold water for like the first, the couple weeks before that. Um, and then, yeah, that was kind of like just a, let's just see what your legs can do and just like kick off some training with a really good run. And that went super well. So, uh, it worked. <laughs> and okay. And then, um, the training we were just talking about was in between cold water and Cocodona, like yeah. the 50, 60 mile weeks and a couple bigger weeks than that. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And, um, how, how long ago did you sign up for Cocodona? Did you know you were doing this race for months and months or had you been planning this for a while? Yeah, I signed up for it in the fall sometime. I forget exactly when okay. I knew I was, I knew it was coming for sure. Okay. Okay. And did you talk to your coach about goals or anything going into Cocodona? A little bit. Um, it was mainly like, let's finish this thing for sure. Feel good. Yeah, yeah. Um, it feels like it felt a little like arrogant to to try to like say like goals out loud of like wanting to place well yeah. and like that so I was like a little nervous to really vocalize anything like that but I definitely wanted you, know, you always want to do well but it just felt weird to say it out loud <laughs> as something so big yeah yeah especially when you've never gone well I guess you had gone that far but never really raced that far so yeah I, I get it I get it um okay so tell me about like the week leading up to the race were there nerves um were you looking forward to this thing were you tapered how did that go yeah we did a really good two-week taper um in the week of the race uh or like the week before the race um i think we did maybe 30 miles 35 miles that week um but so some of this same regular runs during the week but just no long run on the weekend at all um, or very short run, I forget. It was maybe five or 10 miles. Um, but my legs were feeling super great and I was feeling really confident. Um, of course, I get super nervous as the race gets closer and closer because uh, you look at it for so far away on the calendar and then it gets really close and you realize that you're about to you're about to fly out to Arizona and you're about to actually do this thing that you've been planning for <laughs> forever. Yeah. Um, I had like a pile in the dining room here that was like my Cocodona pile for like two months of stuff that I would need to pack, you know, <laughs> so it was just like a lot of, a lot of like double checking, make sure I had all the gear I needed and everything I needed to bring. Um, so that was definitely where a lot of my focus was nervous energy, maybe <laughs> for like the week before. For sure. Yeah. 
And how did the race start off for you? Um, did you, uh, I'm guessing you didn't start off the second place female, but maybe, uh, maybe you did. I don't know. How did it, what was like your plan for the first, I don't know, first day? Yeah, I definitely didn't start off there. I had a plan for a time goal that I wanted. I wanted to be under 80 hours, which seemed a little crazy, but I thought it was doable. Just doing like, just doing some math based on what I had run at the the attempt that I'd done before with 280 miles and things like that. So just doing math, which, you know, math on paper never really equates to trail math when you actually get up there, but I figured it was doable. So I had a plan to run under 80 hours and I wanted to do the first hundred around about 24 to 25 hours. And I thought that would be a good steady pace, but not kill my legs or anything, uh, but keep me kind of up, you know, where I could still be competitive if I felt good later on. Um, and so I knew what that pace looked like. And uh, so I just tried to stick within what my goal, what my plan was, because everyone took off. <laughs> they all went out really fast. Really? <laughs> really tempting to like chase everybody down. Because um, it was a pretty, um, pretty runnable first part uh which is a change from last year's course that we had a, uh you know, the whole course change from um, for the fires and everything um so it was a very fast runnable 100 miles or 50k at least um and so everyone took off it was really tempting to follow them but i really tried to be patient and hold back and do what my plan was <laughs> knowing that that's like that's what i know i can do that's what i know i can do and feel good later on um so I think I stuck to it pretty well. I've ended, ended up doing hundred miles. So did prior. you pretty much. Oh, sorry. Can you hear me? Uh, a second folks, we'll try this again. Okay. Can you hear me now? Sorry about this. Um, I can go in and edit this out. So it's all good. Um, so did you stick to your, the first hundred mile plan? Did you do a hundred miles in like 25 ish hours? I did. Yeah. I hit it right around 25 and okay. a half hours. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that seems kind of fast for a 250 mile race, but you, were there a lot of people ahead of you or, or did you feel like that was fast or is that somewhat conservative or I it's guess I don't know. I've never done a 200 mile race. Yeah. Yeah. It felt like a very doable pace for what the course was. Um, and there was a lot of people up in front of me pretty far back. Um, I don't know where I was at that time, but there was a lot of people in front of me. Um, and so it felt like I felt very comfortable. I was having a great time and was not feeling like I was working too hard or anything. It felt comfortable and great. So. Okay. Okay. I will looking at um the cocodona instagram um i'm not a social media freak i promise but it said uh under uh, when you came across the finish line it said lauren is a uh, i just lost it lauren is another example of a strong study and calculated uh she has pa she patiently rent she uh, excuse me she very benefits by snag Thirty-four.
Did I lose you again? Ah, yeah. Got it. <laughs> can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you now. Okay. Okay. Um, did, I don't know if you heard that. Do you feel like that was a pretty accurate description? Yeah, I think it was. Um, just being patient and uh, trying to stay out of the drama of racing uh, too soon. Um, I think I think that's the only thing that could be just like could kill your race is if you try to race on the first day. It's just way too early. Um, you know, there's just so much race left. And so I tried to just actively, it was a, an active, you know, story, but like I had to like actively tell myself not to race, not to get caught up in it, even though it's like really hard to watch people just zoom off and go. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think, yeah. yeah, I think patience was definitely part of it for sure. Okay. Okay. When did you go down for your first sleep? Um, where did I sleep? It wasn't until I think when I got down to Jerome, which was just over the hundred mile mark. Uh, I think I hit hundred miles on the way down there, if I'm remembering correctly. And I got really frustrated, and it was really hot, and uh, I was in a really bad mood when I got down there. <laughs> I was crying a little bit, uh, so we decided it was a good time to take a twenty minute nap. Um, it was super helpful. I definitely got up in a way better mood, but okay. the section leading down there, you climb up uh, Mingus Mountain, which is a really big climb. And then you have this nice long 17 mile, what looked like on paper, like this nice long cruisy downhill into Jerome. And I was looking forward to having just like this lovely downhill. And at that time with the timing, I would have been like well over hundred miles with 25 hours in. Um, and then I got on the trail and it was just a complete rock garden and not runnable <laughs> and kind of miserable. And I was just like so frustrated with the course, with the trail by the time I got down there. Uh, and I just like, I just was in a really bad mood. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, second nap. Did you wait till another 24, 25 hours or did it come a little bit sooner or, and, and were these planned or were you just kind of crashing whenever and wherever you could? Definitely not planned. I was just crashing when I felt like I needed it. Um, that was my first like s sleep in the RV for 20 minutes, set an alarm kind of nap. Um, I think I took another one when I came back to Munns Park, which you get to Munns Park aid station at around mile 170, I believe. And then there's an out and back from there. That you, so you come back to the same aid station again. That puts you at 187. Um, and I took a little, I took like a 30 minute nap in there, I think. Um, it was just, it was just late. It had been long and it was about to get... I was about to be a long section by myself in the cold. And so I took a little nap before I went there. No, no one felt good too. <laughs> so not much sleep so far, a couple of days and only like an hour of sleep so far. Yeah. Uh, I think I had an hour and a half or so total sleep. Total. What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So yes. like three naps. Whoa. Okay. Um, 
is sleep deprivation something you're good at because of your nursing background or what's going on here? That's pretty amazing. No, I don't think I'm good at it. Um, I <laughs> took a lot of caffeine. <laughs> just okay. To- <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's definitely not. Um, what caffeine do you, what caffeine do you use while you're running? Uh, nor- I mean, um, if I you use too much, have- you have an upset belly. I know. I was a little worried about it, but I have these caffeine pills that are like 200 milligrams a pop and they're like super easy to get down, you know, okay. and yep. they seem to help. Um, so that was it. Cause I don't, I'm usually a coffee drinker, but I cannot drink coffee while I'm running. Um, yeah. so just yeah. tried the pills and they seem to do the job. I have, okay. there's caffeine in some of the gels and stuff like that too, but it's not a ton. Yep. Yep. And I'm always curious, do you listen to music while you're running out there? I do. Yeah. When I start to get really bored or um, just need to take my mind off stuff, I have a little mix of all kinds of random stuff. <laughs> it's just a whole yeah. bunch of different things. Um, and it just cycles through. Okay. Um, so I do that quite a bit. Um, give me an example of one of the crazy songs you listen to. Oh, man. Let me see. I can pull it up. Let me see what yeah. I got. See what comes up. I'm kind of embarrassed. Also, I don't know anybody who sings any songs and I don't like, I'm terrible at music. So I'm sure it's like a little embarrassing for. (laughs) That's all right. (laughs) Ariana Grande. There's some old Sierra stuff. One, two step, like super old school things. Um, Yeah. I don't know. A bunch of embarrassing stuff. Some Imagine Dragons. (laughs) It's kind of nerdy. Okay. Okay. No, no, it's all good. It's funny. Like, um, my running playlist is completely different from my regular life playlist. It's the music is like completely opposite. And yeah, it's, it, it, I think more people are embarrassed about their running playlist than, you know, these are the songs that pump me up, but I don't want to tell everybody about these songs. (laughs) They're kind of a guilty pleasure. (laughs) There's nothing wrong with that. Um, and I'm guessing you had pacers out there. Uh, not really. I had, uh, I kind of tend to like to do it by myself. Um, I did have pacers, but I didn't have a whole lot of pacing planned. Um, so Tim, my partner, his brother, Phil came down from Michigan to help crew. And he is actually training for his first 100 in September. And he came in the second night with me. Um, and so he did about 40 or so miles with me, um, which, I wasn't really planning to have somebody for that long, but it actually turned out to be really nice to have him there. <laughs> um, it was the second night, so you still have a really long way to go. And uh, just where I was in the in the mix of all the runners, uh, I went for like 24 hours without seeing another runner on the trail. Wow. And it happened to be during that night too. And so it was really nice to have company <laughs> out there. Sure. So I was just very alone. Um, and the woods kind of felt creepy that night. So it was really nice to have him out there. Yeah. Um, but then... That's it. My partner Tim did the little 16 mile out and back with me uh, from Munns Park, but the rest of it I did solo. Wow. That's pretty awesome. Um, Any hallucinations or anything like that while you're out there? You didn't sleep very much. Not really hallucinations. I definitely, all the like dead sticks and logs and stuff and rock formations definitely looked like something different until I got there. You know, I definitely was making up all kinds of stuff that they were, I don't know if that counts as a hallucination, but they definitely look like weird shapes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I've, I've definitely had those, but no dragons or anything crazy like that. Huh? Okay. <laughs> <Nothing> <laughs> <new>. <laughs> yeah. 
Super. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, at what point did you feel like I'm a contender in this thing? I like I'm up there in the top top females, and uh, you know I'm doing better than I thought that I'd be doing. Yeah, it was probably a hundred. Once I get past the hundred mile mark, um, you know, luckily there's like live tracking, so you can see exactly where everybody is the whole time. And so my crew was very up to date on where everybody was. And at some point I had gotten like seven miles up on the third place person mm -hmm. uh, and like two miles up. It was like barely up, but like up. Uh, I was always way behind Amy. She was, she was way up there. Um, so that wasn't even a reality, but at some point I had gotten ahead of people and I didn't even realize it because I didn't really pass them on the trail. I think I must have passed the aid stations or something, but um, well, didn't pass everybody on the trail, so I wasn't quite aware of where I was. Um, but then they informed me of, you know, the gaps that I had, and so then that kind of fires you up for sure. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then you start going a little harder. Let's see if I can get another half mile on them and stuff like that. So um, at some point, uh, it ended up just being seven to ten miles in front, and it just kind of steadily kept growing. Um, which was just like surreal and crazy to me. So yeah. that. <laughs> so cool. Um, tell me your highest high and your lowest low out there. Uh, I think my lowest low was that section coming to Jerome from Mingus Mountain where I was like angry at all the rocks and all that stuff. It was hot. It was so many rocks. I was really looking forward to running downhill and it was totally unrunnable. Um, that was definitely my lowest low. Um, and I actually, that was it after that. I really didn't have much of a low point, um, nice. per se, you know, there's like higher highs and stuff like that, but I had never really got that emotional or anything, which is not typical for me. <laughs> so that was really nice. Um, I think the highest high besides finishing, um, and like being done, um, the second night when I had Phil running with me, we were running through Sedona it was dark, you know, we couldn't really tell what we were looking at, but there looked like there was rocks all around us. And I knew Sedona was really pretty, but we couldn't see any of it. It was pitch dark. There's no moonlight whatsoever. Uh, we climbed one of the other really big climbs of the race up onto the Coconino Plateau, which is like a 30,000, or sorry, not 30, 3,000 foot climb or so. That was real steep, real rocky, real technical. And we got up to the top of that just in time for sunrise. Um, and so mm. the sun came up and it just lit up all the red rocks that were on oh, us. Wow. This really cool, great view. And it just felt so good to get that climb behind us because it was one of the big climbs of the race. Um, so that was done and we got up to the top and it was just beautiful. It, that was really nice. That's cool. Yeah. So in that moment, do you stop and take a couple pictures or are you trying to move so fast that that's not an option for you? No, I just kept moving. Yeah. I wouldn't say so fast, but I was still moving. <laughs> but okay. uh, uh, I just kept moving. I didn't take any pictures. Actually, the only picture I took in the race was of all those rocks coming down from Drew. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't take any other pictures of the views or anything the whole race. Okay. Uh, it was just too much to get my phone out. And I just wanted to focus on moving. You yep. Know. For sure. Yep. Um, describe the last, I don't know, I'm just picking a number, the last 20 or 30 miles. Was it torture or are you feeling elated at that point? Or what was that like? Uh, it was, it was really fun. Um, I left the last 30 or so the last, like, 
uh, 50K. I left Fort Tuthill um, where I took my last nap. It was freezing cold overnight. And uh, I woke up from the nap there and was just ready to get this thing done uh, mm. and figured out we'd done all the math with all the trackers. And as long as I just kept moving, I was going to finish second. And as long as I just kept moving, I was going to be top 10 overall. And so it was just like, okay, you just got to, you just got to finish this thing and get it in the bag. And um, it just felt really good to be that close to the finish. Um, I didn't quite realize how long it was going to take me to do that. <laughs> 50K at the time. It was a lot more fired up. <laughs> um, but I charged out there and was like really putting some good miles down. Um, and it was just this beautiful little section. And the, it was just the sunrise was really pretty. Um, and then I finally made it to Walnut Canyon where you have about 21 miles left to go where I saw my crew for the last time. Um, it was so great to be there. 21 miles felt like almost nothing compared to what I had just done. Um, so in my mind, I was like done. Um, but 21 miles is still 21 miles. <laughs> right. <laughs> so it is a really big climb in there up Mount Eldon. And uh, so it was great. I was actually having a really good time out there. I had like uh, Sir Raman at the aid station, got my blisters taped up one more time and was just ready to like be done again. Yeah. So I took off and was going. I was actually on the phone at, chatting with some of my friends from back home, just like, you know, just talking about stuff, distracting me from the whole thing and uh, just put me in a really good mood. Like yeah. just London, chat with some friends and stuff. Um, and then it got really hot. Um, and you're at the base of Mount Eldon, just kind of running all around the trails there. There's this black sand and it just reflects all the heat right onto you. And I just felt like I was in an oven. <laughs> it was rough. Um, so th that was, I slowed down and I started to like realize like how much longer I actually still was going to be out there. Um, I hadn't really processed that. And so that became a reality in my mind, which is fine. It was fine. I was just going to power through. Um, but it was definitely like a little, like a little bit of a blow because I was really thinking in my mind, I was like, I'm going to be done in like two hours. Right. It's yeah, great. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it definitely wasn't, it was like seven. <laughs> so, um, but it was really cool. I was running through there and I got to this little bridge that you have to cross. And there was about 50 to hundred kids out there. And I didn't, I couldn't really figure out what they were doing. You know, my mind's not working great. I was like, what is this thing here? Whatever. And this man comes up and he's like, are you Lauren? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, he yells back to all the kids, it's Lauren. And they all rush and go around and like surround the bridge on both sides. And they're just like cheering, Lauren, Lauren, Lauren. And I was just bawling my eyes out. It was oh like, so God. that was so cool. And so that like really gave me a pep in my step and like fired me up for the last little bit. Um, so I got to the base of Mount Eldon to start the big climb, which is like a 3,500 foot climb. Um, and I didn't realize how gnarly that climb was going to be. Uh, and it was a lot longer and a lot harder and there's like scrambling and it was just kind of crazy. Um, so it kind of started to break me down and I actually got a little emotional. She called Tim and was like, where? I was like, look at the tracker. I was like, am I near the top? Where is this thing? You know, I looked at my watch and I'd gone to the, I'd gone the mileage. I'd gone the climbing, like the, you know, all the elevation gain I'd passed. And I was like, I should be there, <laughs> you know? And I was just so ready to be done. Um, so I finally, you know, he, he played some tough love and I was like, you'll be fine. I'll call you back later. Bye. <laughs> 
And I was like, wait, what, what could be so important? Don't talk me through this, you know? So I was like, I guess I just gotta go. So I guess it worked. Um, but then I finally got to the aid station. You wrap around the top of the mountain and then finally drop down into the aid station up there. And uh, I was just so excited to see that aid station because I was eight miles from home at that point. Uh, yeah. but it was had been gnarly so I walked in and I was like please tell me you have a beer <laughs> and they did <laughs> uh, so drink a beer sitting up there chatting with everybody they were like lovely they were so fun uh, I was kind of hated to leave because they were like really cool um, uh, so, yeah then I was like no let's just go <laughs> there's better things waiting yep. uh, so got back on the trail and I had eight more miles which I thought was also going to be just like all this cruisy nice downhill and uh, it was not as easy as I hoped it would be. It was kind of a rough eight miles. Um, but, uh, you know, I was just like, it's okay. It's okay. Just keep moving. Um, so you finally make it down. You run through Buffalo Park, which is like the last bit. Um, and then as I came through there, I knew I was like, by then my watch miles weren't quite matching up with the race anymore. And so I wasn't sure exactly where I was. Um, and so I knew I had some more miles to go, but I wasn't sure exactly. But I came out of the park. And I was met by um, the two like live stream camera video guys mm -hmm. and they came to run with me and I was like, oh, great. I must, I must be done. Must be getting close. Yeah. <laughs> so of course I put all my effort into like my last like push that I think is like 500 yards. It definitely was not 500 yards. <laughs> so we're going up this hill and I see a big pavilion or building and people. And I was like, that must be it. That's the finish line, you know? And then we get up there and it's very not the finish line. There's like, two, you know, there's like two people up there, which I definitely thought was more. It definitely wasn't the finish line. So we kept going and I was like, okay, I'm just going to keep going. I'm going to keep running because I started running and there's cameras on me. Now I can't really stop running. You know? <laughs> I'm like, you lost it, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I'm just trying to make it through. So I'm following all the things. And I just like look over to the guy finally. I was like, well, where is it? You know? And uh, so he's trying to describe to me like where else I have to go. And it was at least like a, another mile. Um, I was like, oh, okay. That's okay. <laughs> so it was kind of, it was a little bit of a rough, like last mile and a half or so. <laughs> but because I thought I was there and then I wasn't there. Um, but then we're making it through, we're in the streets of downtown Flagstaff and I, you know, you have to be close by then. Yep. Um, and so we're going down this, the hill and I finally see my crew and everybody and they're just like cheering and like so excited. I'm just like bawling my eyes out and like so excited to finally be there and like be at this point. And it's just like so surreal. Um, and they ran me in the last like hundred yards or so into the finish. Uh, that was just like awesome. It was wow. just so cool. Wow. Yeah. And you're going to remember that forever. <laughs> that is really cool. Um, I'm always curious what people do to celebrate too. Did you fall asleep? Did you eat a big meal? Did you have a beer? Like, what did you do at the end? I had a beer like immediately. <laughs> oh, you better have a beer waiting for me when I get there. <laughs> perfectly. Um, so we sat there, had a beer, just like enjoyed. I was just so grateful for my crew to that were there helping me the whole time. But I hadn't get, like been able to hang out with them, so I just wanted to hang yeah. out. You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, so we just had a beer and hung out and just enjoyed it. Enjoyed like the whole scene and watched. You know, it was waiting to see some other people finish and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. um, so just hung out there for a while. Then we eventually went and got cleaned up a bit. And um, 
and then I fell asleep <laughs> and they yeah. got some food. <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah, it was just, I really just wanted to hang out because I just hadn't been able to, and I was just so grateful. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. You can't do it without your crew, right? I mean, no, absolutely when, not. <laughs> yeah, when you have all your loved ones there, you just want to do so much for them because like we did it, you know, and yeah, yeah no, I, yeah. I know the feeling. I know the feeling. Ah, well, what a cool adventure. Thank you for, for sharing it. I mean, um, yeah, and just hats off to you. Congrats. I mean, just, it, 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 yeah, I loved every minute of it. It's so cool. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, what's next for you? Do you have races on the horizon? Are you going to take some time off? Uh, you already went back to work today, which is pretty insane. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> work doesn't stop. Um, <laughs> my next big race will be uh, the No Business 100 in October. So I have a little break. Okay, good. Are you going to take some time off? Uh, like what, what is the next, I mean, do you take like a month off before you get back into it or how does, how does it work for you? Uh, I'm not sure. I got to talk to my coach and see, but okay. I'm sure take this week off, I think, and then maybe slowly get in there, get back to it. Nothing big. I'm sure yeah. for weeks, but um, you know, I've already got some run adventures playing with my girlfriends and stuff. So <laughs> okay. get back there. <laughs> Well, please put your feet up this week, eat some ice cream, watch a movie. Yeah. Enjoy yourself for sure. Even though, even though you're working, uh, take some time off for sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much again for sharing it. Um, I loved it all and, uh, yeah, just best of luck in the future. We'll keep an eye on you and can't wait to see what's coming up next. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much, Lauren. Um, yes. Uh, all right. Have a good day. We'll see ya. Bye. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you like what we are doing at Big Things Crewing or you enjoy the podcast, please consider donating to us on Patreon. Patreon.com slash do big things is where you can drop a dollar in the hat, so to speak. I'd like to thank our loyal Patreon subscribers. Without you guys, this isn't possible. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. I'd like to thank our sponsors. First of all, Exoskin. Their running apparel keeps you comfortable in absolutely any condition. Say goodbye to chafing and blisters. Check them out, exoskin.us. Use our discount code, capital BTC, for 15% off. I also want to tell you guys real quick about Bigger Than the Trail. Bigger Than the Trail is a 501c3 tax-exempt organization that is using trail running as a platform to advocate for mental health. If you've ever thought about getting therapy, but aren't in the position where you can afford it or you don't have insurance, Bigger Than the Trail offers you free therapy for three months. Yes, you got it. I said it. You heard it right. I couldn't love what these guys are doing more. I signed up for it. It was quick. It was easy. Within 48 hours, I had a, a therapist that met all my pre-requirements. It was all matched up with me and met my personal criteria. And I met with her every week for, I don't know, a couple months. And, uh, you know, I, I, I met with her until I felt a little bit better. And, uh, you know, I'm trying this thing. You guys should try this thing. And, you know, we can all do it together. Look up Bigger Than The Trail, sign up for the services, and let's do the small things in life that eventually lead us to doing the big things. Let them know we sent you. Also, we want to thank Alter Ego Running. They make pre premium performance hats. Everyone needs a good lid or two when you're out running on an epic adventure. 
these hats should be your go-to on everyday runs, epic adventures, and just cruising around town. Check out Alter Ego Running. Use our promo code, capital, all caps, do big things, and that's for 20% off. Last but not least, this podcast is brought to you by Athletic Brewing, the finest non-alcoholic craft beer in the market. Check out athleticbrewing.com and use my discount code, McRobertsA20, all caps, for 20% off the finest non-alcoholic beer around. Enjoy the taste without the hangover. Remember, guys, life is short. Do big things, baby. Pedro. Take us for a run.